What was he going to do? Beat I, you up? I actually think it is the Cork accent. I'm not going to lie. I, like, there is something about the Cork accent that makes it the most intimidating accent, accent of the 32 counties in Ireland, I think. OTB AM. Live. Weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Right, you're very welcome along to Friday Night's Off the Ball. It's Jerry Gilroy and Michael McCarthy with you all the way through until 10 o'clock this evening. We're starting tonight with the news that Brian Mullins, the defining Dublin midfielder of his generation, has passed away after a short illness at the age of 68. Our thoughts this evening are obviously with his family and friends and his clubmates. We're going to be doing a full career retrospective and hearing testimonials from those who knew him best over the coming days. About and maybe an hour ago, St. Vincent's tweeted, it is with great sadness that we announced the passing of Brian Mullins, an absolute colossus in St. Vincent's. There's so much to say about the man, and we're also processing this. We'll honour him in the coming days. Um, make it easy to listen to cliché when somebody like Brian Mullins passes away, because he was the embodiment of a colossus, a legend, an icon, on a team that restored Dublin to the top table of Gaelic football, and I, I mean, just reading some bits there, uh, like he was 19 when he won his first All-Ireland as one of the stars of the team and won three All-Irelands in four years against the great Kerry team. Um, I think the other thing that maybe people of uh, other generations are unaware of, when he was 25, he had a horrific um, car accident that retrospectively he was like, look, you know, I can't really have regrets. I, I didn't die in that accident. It was so serious. I could have, but it robbed him of a couple of years of his absolute peak. You know, 25 already four All-Irelands in the bank. And um, so, look, it, it's it's hard to really capture for a generation who, who didn't see him play just how important he was. But, like, I don't know if there's ever been any single footballer as identifiable with a team as he was, with Hefo's team. Yeah. Like... That's what that Dublin team was. You know, it was so important to the city of Dublin in so many ways. It was so important to Irish sport. I think even that that 70s run, the rebirth, the Dublin, Heffo's Army, Hill 16, all of that. And as you say yourself, like the embodiment of that was Brian Mullins. Uh, Finney Murphy had a great tweet earlier saying that if if if, um, if Heffo was the godfather of Dublin football, then Brian Mullins was our heart and soul, I think is what he, is what he said. And that's it. Look, and, and just such a recognisable figure, even in... You know the 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 long blonde locks in the uh, in the nineteen seventies playing in midfield, uh, those battles with Jack O'Shea and everything. Like obviously, I'm I'm too young to remember him playing, but I had a video jar that uh, was worn out. I would say called "Decade of the Dubs." People will remember it came out at the same time as I think a Kerry Golden Years video, and I was given it. And never even like not really necessarily a Dublin GA fan. I was a Clare GA fan growing up, but I loved those matches and I would put them on on such a regular basis. They were like 20-minute maybe highlight packages of the All-Ireland Finals from Dublin-Galway 74 all the way to Kerry beating them well in 79. And Mullins was just such a key figure in all of those games. He scored one of the goals in 76 that I always remember him throwing his arms up in the air, kind of like a, a, a Gaelic footballer daring to celebrate almost. He pulled back pretty quickly, you know, when Jimmy Keevan came to meet him. But, you know, just such a legend of the game. It is, as you said, it's hard to overestimate. I'm not even sure because I wasn't around in, in, in that era just what he meant to to Dublin fans and the GEA fans in general. But he's obviously been a part of our lives for so long, being like basically running sport in UCD. He's been a manager, won an Ulster title with Derry, obviously yeah. as well. You know, like people forget that. Derry haven't won one since. 
Yeah, well, like um, it was uh, this year. Obviously, it was the, until the, this year. Sorry, yeah, the intervening period. But that's how long ago it was. Um, I, I think at one stage he was the principal of the biggest school, secondary school in the country. I think like in Carndona and Donegal, and um, I'm fairly sure that was what qualified his son to play football for Donegal. And so, like, it's it's not this isn't just a, a Dublin story either. But that that UCD thing is is really interesting as well because. I was scrolling through photographs and we've put up a, a gallery. Himself and Haile Gabriel Selassie smiling at the cameras. Like there's, there's countless photo calls where him and Jack O'Shea are doing stuff for different things. But then the, most of the photographs on Info aren't, or on Sportsfile, aren't of him playing football. They're of him handing over uh, scholarship announcements to these kids in UCD. Like every year there's loads of them. And you can see the parents so excited about the fact that their kids have got scholarships in UCD. And I'm fairly sure he was one of the driving forces behind that whole thing becoming like, you know, not just this kind of completely irregular thing. It was always going to happen. They were going to completely make sure that sport and third level became something that people just expected. And it was run really properly. And, and I think he was very central to doing that. And that's like a really incredible legacy. When you think I saw Leinster tweeting that they've made their home in UCD since 2012 and that one of the people who made them most welcome there was Brian Mullen. So he had this kind of vast ability to think uh, laterally about sports in the whole. And I just remember having some conversations with him. I didn't know him very well at all, but anytime you'd meet him, you come away going, Jesus, that man's got a giant brain and a deep ingrained love of sport and desire to see everybody benefit from all of the aspects of sport. So like I remember him being fascinated by um, the 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 way that the, what's the see, operation transformation was getting people out walking. He was like, "This is one of the best things that's happened in Ireland in the last twenty years because it was getting people moving and thinking about themselves and thinking about their fitness and thinking about their health." So he wasn't just somebody who was like, uh, "How do Dublin become the greatest football machine of all time?" or "How do Vincent become the greatest football machine of all time?" He was genuinely interested in people's well-being. I don't think anybody ever came away from meeting them without at some stage uh, experiencing the other thing in the photographs is this big broad smile you know yeah. like um, for, for my generation who would like kind of missed that just just missed his greatest feats as a footballer there was kind of a fearsome reputation like you know the the, the dubs were they were hardcore uh, <laughs> you know uh, but no, he was he was the complete opposite in person and yeah. um, like I after this, I'm heading up to Parnell Park tonight. Uh, Vincent's are playing Nafina in the, the Division One Camogie final, and the under eights are playing at halftime. And uh, recently enough, like in the last year, um, maybe a bit longer, it's hard to know with, with COVID. Brian was up at training one night, looking out at what was going on, and they made a point of making sure that the kids got introduced to go, look, this guy's an absolute legend, you know. So his his life in the GA finished back at Vincent's the way it had started in kind of one of those beautiful circular things that a life in sports means. And I, I think over the next couple of days, you're going to really see an outpouring from that Kerry group. Like the, like they're in all the photographs as well. You know, they had a great relationship and he, he Kerry heritage could easily have ended up being a Kerry footballer. And then that team would have been an unstoppable juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. We can have so many arguments, Ger, about best teams and, you know, whether the Dublin team of these days has, you know, maybe out, Performed the achievements of Hefo's army and so on, but I, like again, it's more. It's not about that tonight. It's about like acknowledging the importance of that team and and Mullins' role on it as well. You know, as well as all the other things that we're talking about here. That's so important. You know, like again, 
football and Gaelic games were dying in Dublin, you know, and that's actually can be something that's almost a cliche, but it isn't actually in this case, it was, it was a real thing. And this team gave it a rebirth and Mullins was a star of that, you know, and I think he's the second one um, to pass away after Anton Atul, who was another folk hero of that team. And it's just, it's a very sad time that when, when, when that starts to happen um, for, for a great team like that. But, you know, like the reason we have Hill 16 and the reason that we have the aura that surrounds Dublin football, even to this day, is because of that great team. And again, it's like number eight, right in the middle of the field with like locks of long blonde hair and taller than everybody else and sticking out over it all was always Brian Mullins in a time when midfielders ruled the game as well. You know, like it was catch and dominate. And Brian Mullins did that probably as well as anybody else has ever done. Yeah, um, um, it's it's really sad for for his family and for everybody who knew him and all his friends because it's sixty eight. It's such a he just turned sixty eight as well, so so young. And as I said, they'll obviously be doing. I've already seen John Duggan tweet that they'll be doing more about this on the show tomorrow afternoon, and I've no doubt it'll be uh, main focus of the pay per view on Sunday, and then we'll have more across the week as well as people reflect fondly on a genuinely iconic. GA career and again like you're going to hear a lot of cliches but they're like they are cliches because they're all true in this instance so we just um, send our condolences to uh, his family and to his clubmates and his teammates and to really the Dublin supporters and the wider GA community this evening as well uh, we're going to get back to normal Friday night programming we um, have those of you who follow us on our social channels will know that the, the crappy quiz is in the books it is a particularly controversial version of it that's coming up in a couple of minutes time uh, a little bit later there's an incredible panel discussion about mental health issues between 8 and 9 tonight and then between 9 and 10 we'll bring you the football kickoff with a preview of the two big uh, derbies this weekend in the company of David Connolly and some of our best stuff from, a course, from across the course of the weekend 